Come on, Red Rocks Church, how we feeling today? Hey, can we get rowdy for a second and lift up a shout of praise for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. And also get rowdy and help me say hello to everybody tuning in on YouTube Live right now. And just to remind you, in about five or six months time, every single morning that we do that, we will also be saying hello to the amazing women at the Murray Unit Correctional Facility in Gatesville, Texas. I believe we have, Tracy, do we have it? We don't. Well, if you can imagine a picture up there, you guys. Oh, I was gonna say, it's a, it looks like a correctional facility in the middle of nowhere with so much potential. God's about to do some amazing things in that space. And so will you extend your hand right now to that? Jesus, we just pray with expectancy for what you're going to do next year. Prepare the table for so many amazing women to encounter you and experience your amazing grace and have their lives changed forever. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. You may take a seat. Welcome to Red Rocks. We are imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. And today, this is kind of a big weekend, you guys. We have been asking for weeks now individually going to God and saying, God, based on everything you've given me and all the ways you've blessed me, what can I give to build your kingdom and not mine? And honestly, I'm being so serious. If I could pick any weekend for somebody to be here for the very first time, it would not be Christmas Eve and it would not be Easter. It would be this weekend because this weekend you get to see what this church is all about. And this weekend you get to see John 3.16 in action. And this weekend, you get to watch an uncommon church full of real people with real burdens and bills do something that seems kind of crazy if God is not in the picture. Oh, but if Jesus really is the son of God, Red Rocks, and if heaven and hell are real, and if the church we are building really is his plan for reaching the world, and if we really are sons and daughters of the God of the universe with unlimited access to his infinite resources, well, then crazy generosity and illogical sacrifice might actually make sense. First Timothy 6, 17 through 19 says this, command those who are rich in this present world, you know that's us, not to be arrogant nor put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. How good is that? phrase, everything for our enjoyment. Then the second half I feel like is my assignment today. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life. Don't miss this part. Take hold of the life that is truly life, the real good life. From this moment, through eternity forever, life that is truly life. I call that kingdom fortune, you guys. My definition for kingdom fortune is this, the righteousness for salvation. In other words, I get Jesus and that's the greatest treasure there is for the rest of forever. But not just that, right now, the fullness of purpose and knowing my life is wrapped up in a story that is so much bigger than me, I'm living on purpose and for a purpose. The peace of promised provision 
In other words, I've got the ultimate provider and he does not just know what I need, he also knows the desires in my heart because he put them there. And last but not least, I have the joy of playing with house money. This is kingdom fortune, every soul is searching for it. Billionaires can't buy it and yet through sacrifice we simply receive it. The life that is truly life. I wanna call this message, Fortune Favors the Brave. And I am Holy Spirit, Red Bull excited to preach this. I'm also just Red Bull excited to preach this, just, just had one, so feeling great. Um, this ain't a crypto commercial. I know you see Fortune Favors the Brave. This ain't a crypto commercial, and I'm not Matt Damon, surprise. Um, I'm not talking gold coins or big bank accounts. I am talking how kingdom fortune favors the kingdom brave. So let's pray. Jesus, bless your word, bless your church. Bless this offering we are about to sow. In Jesus' name, somebody say, amen. That was beautiful, Justin, thank you. With a broken foot and a clown nose, amazing. Come back in 20 minutes. In this world, there are savers and then there are spenders. And we need each other. We really do. Where, um, where are my savers? Let me see you. Let's take a, okay. Thrifty is nifty, amen? Come on. Now my spenders, let me see you. Yeah, a lot more cheers for that. The fun crowd. Let's go. <laughs> Who's a spender married to a spender? Okay, Financial Peace University starts this coming spring. Merry Christmas. Um, when my wife and I first got married seven years ago, I was making 15K and she was in between jobs, which means we mastered the art of the cheap date. Falling on a budget, okay? Now, our, our favorite newlywed pastime, um, or should I say our second favorite newlywed pastime, if you know what I mean. Um, this is provocative already. Um, Our second favorite newlywed pastime was and still is eating some In-N-Out Burger and then hitting up some model homes, for real, okay? That's, a, that's the dynamic duo. That's a nice little Saturday. And then maybe even Bed Bath & Beyond after, maybe even Home Depot, I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. Um, but the reason we love model homes is because they make us dream. You walk into a model home and your senses just all get heightened right away as you look around and your heart leaps and you're like, there's not a single wall that's not shiplapped. Oh my gosh, this is so Chip and Joe. Look at these shaker cabinets and the vaulted ceilings. Babe, one day our beams will not be faux. Oh my gosh, this kitchen has a built-in wine cellar. Can you imagine how much communion we would take with each other? Like we would be so close to God if we lived in this house. We love model homes. And I just, I really believe when it comes to finances, vision and dreaming is everything. The Bible says without vision, people perish. And I just believe the same is true for bank accounts. So year one of marriage, as a couple of young, dumb, and broke spenders, we decide to make a budget. We do the right thing, and we sit down, and I go, well, how do you do this? I, uh, full transparency, in college, got a 97% in Calculus three, but was never taught to make a budget. I'm not bitter. I'm not. 
Um, oh, wow, another day in the real world without derivatives or linear algebra. No way. I wish I could make a budget, right? So we got, I'm not, I, I, I'm done, okay? I know math's important. Don't email me. I love it. We sat down to make a budget, and we got an app called Envelopes. They're our sponsors today. Cannot, cannot recommend this app enough, okay? We made, we made a budget, and um, the two loneliest line items on our budget were titled Doug and Sam's Spending Money. Okay, so just real talk, real numbers, this is real life. Um, our first four years of marriage, of getting out of debt and buying a home and getting a dog, don't get me started on the dog, we each got $20 a month for spending, eating out, for fun, for shopping, for clothes, all of that, okay? So I could either play nine holes at a crappy course, get Chipotle twice if there was no guac, or save it for something big. Yep, and that brings me to Sunglass Hut just a few years ago. Corey Miller was there. He can vouch for this, but we walked into Sunglass Hut. I found the coolest pair of Ray-Bans I had ever seen, and I actually look good, which is a rare occurrence for me when it comes to sunglasses. So when you have that issue and you find the right pair, you've got to capitalize. And, and I'm like, they're polarized. Dave Ramsey would be furious at me if I didn't buy these today. So I get in line. I'm so excited. And... Um, and they're, they're $154, okay? Polarized. I can just hear you savers right now. <sighs> you spenders, it's polarized or not. It's all fun and games until you lose them. <laughs> your Ray-Bans and your ripped jeans, I'm done. That's why we need each other, okay? But I pull out my, my app to check how much spending money I have. I have 148, so I'm six bucks short. And I remember turning to Corey, and I said, bro, this might sound so crazy and extreme, but I can't buy these today. I have to come back next week at the first of the month and I'll buy them then. I'm $6 short. Now, that might sound crazy. I kind of hope it does for a lot of us in this room um, because my wife wouldn't have cared if I got them. She wouldn't have cared. Like, don't panic for us. We have $6, okay? We have $6, but it's a mindset thing. It's a mindset thing. Without vision, financially, you will perish in Sunglass Hut. Every time. But if you have financial vision of something bigger for your family, for your future, it makes it so much more doable to sacrifice and live different in the here and now. It really does, okay? And you better believe I walked out of Sunglass Hut that day, and you better believe the next week I went back and I bought the, you see what I mean about these glasses? Like, this is, and it's polarized. I can still see every single one of you, even though the room is dark, you know? This is not just good financial wisdom, but, but he, follow me here. When, you, when, you're, when your vision is of the model home and something bigger, and you sacrifice in the here and now for that, I think what you'll find is you get the Ray-Bans thrown in somewhere along the way. But when your vision, follow me, is only just ever for whatever your next pair of sunglasses is, well, you'll probably get them, but you better be careful because that might be all you ever get. And not only is that just Financially great advice, it's also a fantastic metaphor. That's the metaphor, here's the, the message. 
when you make your vision for your life only about the riches of this world and the fortunes of this world and building your kingdom in the here and now. You'll probably find some success and you'll probably make some money and, and that's, that's all great, it's just small and it's so fast. But when you make your vision something bigger and something beyond, when you live and give today with forever in mind, with eternity in mind, not only will you receive a thousand times that in heaven forever one day, but you will also take hold of the life that is truly life in the here and now. I'm talking about kingdom fortune. I'm talking about that awareness of this righteousness for my salvation and living on purpose for a purpose and the fullness that comes from that and this promised peace, that, like his promised provision and the unexplainable peace that that brings me in any and every season from this God who not only knows what I need, but he, know, he knows the desires of my heart as well and this thrill and this joy of, of, of spending house money and playing with house money. I want you to, to get some kingdom fortune vision into your heart today because I'm not just here to tell you jokes and stories and rock my Ray-Bans in church and give you financial advice. This is a big day for our church, but I'm believing for you as well. I'm believing that for you as well. And you better believe I brought a five-point message with me, complete with an acrostic that fortune favors, the B-R-A-V-E. I wanna show you what it means to live kingdom brave today because I've seen generosity change my life. I've seen it change our marriage, okay? I believe this with my whole heart, not because I read a verse, but because I've experienced it. And today, I actually get to preach. for like One of the very few times I get to preach from one of the few things that I believe I've done well, rather than from one of my millions of weaknesses. So if I seem passionate, that's why. Okay, I believe this will change your entire life. I believe in the stewardship and faithfulness of this house, and I believe if more Christians got this revelation into their hearts and lived this way today and gave this way today, that the souls we could reach and the impact we could have would be a hundredfold what we've seen so far, and that's saying something. So I'm gonna give this everything I've got because usually when pastors give this kind of message where finances are involved, because as soon as finances are mentioned, in church, all of us, we just, we kind of put our walls up and put barriers up. And so the temptation is to spend 50% of the sermon making balancing statements to disarm everybody and prove to you our hearts are good and our hearts are pure. But we've done that for three weeks. So all week, I've just been asking the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting and disarm all of us and bring all of our walls down so I could just preach the one topic Jesus would never shut up about because he knows how powerful this is. And I believe in this because I've seen it. I know this will change your life. I know if every Christian got this revelation, we would live in a different world, a different world. So I'm gonna go for it. Does that sound good? All right, Holy Spirit, let's go. Number one, fortune favors the bold believers. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. So farmers don't um, plant seeds and then cry over them. 
just miss that seat? Like, no, why? Because it's, it's not goodbye, it's see you later. To plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow. If you're not planting, the question could be asked, are you, are you actually believing? Because Jesus doesn't give trees, Jesus gives seeds. Now hold on to that seed, and that seed is all you will ever see. But I am generously sowing what God has given me because I am boldly believing in what could be. Rich Wilkerson Jr. once said, faith does not maintain, faith multiplies. Think about that in terms of the parable of the talents. It's the story that Jesus told where one guy got the five, one guy got the two, and one guy got the one, and then the master came back and said, what'd you do with it? And the guys who got five and two multiplied it, but the guy who got one just maintained it, said, I was afraid I'd, I'd lose it, so I stored it. And Jesus says, the, the master calls that guy wicked, lazy. In fact, he, he takes that guy's one and gives it to the other guys who will actually run with it and do something with it. If you ever find yourself looking around just wondering, why does it seem like they just keep getting more? More blessing, more opportunities, more promotions, more resources. Why does it seem like their worlds are getting larger and larger and mine's not? It's probably because they got a revelation that you need to get in your heart today that faith does not maintain, faith multiplies. And in order for it to multiply, you gotta release what you got. You gotta give what you got. You have to sow what you have. This is how the kingdom of heaven works. This is the system Jesus has set in place, and he said not the gates of hell even are going to be able to stop it. And I think you're here because all of us believe that. My question today is, do you boldly believe that? A couple months ago at our Heart and Soul Night with all of our leaders in this room, um, I had a, a balloon on stage, and then I pulled out a dart. And I stood um, seven feet, nine and a quarter inches away from the balloon. It's regulation because um, I've thrown a dart or two. And I said, how many in this room, you guys believe your pastor can throw this dart and pop that balloon? And about 90% of the hands went up and it was great for my self-esteem, you know? I was, it's just what I needed. Thank you, guys. And I said, okay, who is willing to come up here and hold the balloon like this and let me throw it? There was about 20 hands still up. I was thinking, this is, this is awesome. Either they think I'm just great at this or we got a crazy church. Either way, I'm cool with it, right? I said, but that's not quite, the stakes aren't high enough. Let's make this more bold. Who's willing to come up here and hold the balloon between their teeth and let me stand seven feet, nine and a quarter inches away from it, throw the dart and pop the balloon, thinking, well, sure, obviously no one's gonna do that, but one guy, <laughs> Nehemiah, just ran up here and I had, <laughs> obviously, at the end of the story, I didn't end up throwing it. I'm crazy. I'm not an idiot, okay? We have, we have lawyers here who actually would have been so mad at me if I did that. But I was the whole time trying to scare Nehemiah. So I was like, okay, bro. I positioned him, like, right here. He's got the balloon standing like this. And 
I love this. And, and I even said, okay, if I, if I take a little bit of a running start and, and really throw it fast, I'm more accurate. So you can close your eyes. If you're trying to scare him, none of it's working. And I go all the way up until I'm about to throw it and I don't. And then he's the man and he won that illustration. So I gave him the dart and the balloon. He got to keep it. Um, but my point is this, my point is this. What does it mean to believe? What does it mean to believe? I believe in this kingdom that we're building. Do you believe as in, yeah, yeah, you can hit that, sure. Or even, yeah, I'll hold it. Worst that can happen is a Band-Aid. Or do you boldly believe in it to the point where you will stick this thing between your teeth? I am all in, that's how much I believe in this thing. Kingdom fortune favors the bold believers because the more you believe, the more you sow. And that means you win. The more you believe, the more you sow. So a week before we moved to Austin to start this church, to, to plant this church, so um, a well-meaning Christian came up to me in one of our lobbies back in Denver, and he said, I just feel so strongly you're not supposed to go to Austin. It's like, that's horrible timing. Um, he said, don't go start a church there. Nobody knows Jesus there. That's where church plants go to die. And the whole time I'm like, no disrespect to this guy, but the whole time I'm thinking, nobody knows Jesus. Like, that's why we're going to Austin, Texas. And by the way, yeah, some people do know Jesus there. And when we go, he's not just gonna send an audience, he's gonna send an army of leaders who believe the exact same thing. But if that's true, then let's go and let's start sowing. And let's start planting and let's start releasing something, believing boldly that God is going to do something amazing. That's why we give. That's why we sow. That's why, that's why our lives should look kind of crazy to the world. That's why our lives should demand a bit of an explanation. I want my kids to grow up actually living out stories of generosity. I want them to watch mom and dad sacrifice so much because they believe in the church God is building so much they're willing to put their treasure where their faith is and stick this thing between their teeth. That's how much they believe in this kingdom. You need to leave here today with a revelation that faith does not maintain. Come on, say it with me. Faith multiplies, and because of that, kingdom fortune favors the bold believers, amen? Okay, number two, fortune favors the royal partners. Where do I get that word royal? I'm so glad you asked. You know the, the ways pastors set themselves up to look like geniuses? I know you guys are wondering, I have the answer, here it is, Genesis 1:26. then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over, and then he goes on to describe creation. Now, in the Hebrew, this is the language of royalty, that Adam and Eve were made in the king's image and then placed in the garden to royally reign over his creation. You know those timeless two questions, who are we and why are we here? The Derek Zoolander, God, who am I? Who are we and why are we here? The answers are on page one of the scriptures. We are here for two reasons, to be and to do. To be human means first and foremost, simply just to be his royal masterpiece. And then it means 
to actively partner with him in building his kingdom, to create within his creation, to give within his generosity. We are sons and daughters of the God of the universe. We are his co-heirs and his kingdom partners. We are kings and queens reigning and ruling beneath the king of kings, and that's a big deal. It's a big deal. We are royally ruling over creation. And you wanna know what is part of creation? Money. So do you, do you rule over your money or does your money rule you? And nobody thinks I'm talking to them. And this has nothing to do with an amount and everything to do with your relationship to your treasure. Money's so weird. It either, it either has you or you have it. There is not a third option. And that's why, Jesus, that's why Jesus said, you cannot serve both God and money. And notice that's not a command. It's an observation. He doesn't say don't. He says that you couldn't, if you tried, you couldn't serve both God and money. That's why scriptures talk about it over 2,000 times. This is the number one cause of divorce in our nation. Money is like, it, you cannot hold the weight of money as a servant to money, and yet live free or raise your hands to heaven and worship at the exact same time. That's why generosity loosens your grit. Giving actually sets you free and says, God, how about I give this to you? You worry about it. You worry. That's why, like, why do you think God invented giving in the first place? Think about that. Why did God invent giving in the first place? For him? Please. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And that is the under-exaggeration of the century. He needs nothing from you. You have nothing he needs that you get to use to barter with him, put him into your debt. He needs nothing from you. That wouldn't be good news. Here's the good news. God wants you. And he knows where their treasure is. That's where their hearts go. So if I, can, if I can get your treasure, then I get your heart. That means I get you, and you want God to get you because when God gets you, you get his kingdom. The awareness of the righteousness I already have for the rest of heaven, for the rest of eternity, I'm good. The fullness and thrill of living on purpose for a purpose every day. This peace I can't explain where I just, I know he has promised provision over my life and the joy that comes from playing with house money. This is kingdom fortune and it's available. It's received through sacrifice. I've seen it way too many times. I'm not crazy. This is real. I've seen this in my life, in my friends' lives. I feel like, like what, how David must have felt writing Psalm 37, where he said, I used to be young and now I'm old. And the one observation I have about life is God, like I've never seen generous families begging for bread. God just takes care of his generous kids. He just does. Now, I will never preach or promise the means or the specific ways he does that. God is not a formula. But I will preach and promise until the day I die that God takes care of his generous kids. There's favor on their homes. Their kids are blessed to be a blessing. They live freely and lightly, and you can't convince me that it's not real. That's why generosity will build your faith almost more than anything. Say what David said one day. I once was young, now I'm old, and... I've done this end of year thing a lot of times and I've had a lot of paychecks where I've, I've sewn back and I've noticed something. 
I'm not an employee earning a paycheck from God. I am a son. You are a daughter with access to his kingdom. And for that reason, returning my first 10% back to the God who gave it is normal. And then giving above and beyond in faith like we're about to do is a, is a privilege. Because we are royal partners building his kingdom with a capital K, the church with a capital C. That's why we tell you all the time, give anywhere, you guys, for real. Give anywhere. Not trying to keep the lights on at this church. Give anywhere. Give to another church. Give to Compassion Internet. Just be generous because you need you to and this world needs you to. We're trying to build a generous generation of Christians. Give anywhere. God has got this family. He's done nothing but prove that time and time again for three years in a pandemic, and he's not about to, to stop. God is just getting started. I have never lost one minute of sleep over the finances at this church. God has got us, and for that reason, I never have to beg anybody to give. I'm free. I, my dad, man, he's, it's all his. I'll never ask you for a penny, ever. All I have to do is present an invitation to you the same way Paul has to me, for me to go to God, for you to go to God, and you ask him. All I have to do is be honest about the full counsel of God and be bold and preach about the one topic that Jesus harped on over and over, because he knows the power this money thing can do in both directions. All I have to do is do my best alongside my wife to live as examples of kingdom builders and royal partners in this thing with you guys, man. We're, you're not here to build your kingdom and pretend you're the queen or king of it for a few decades. Man, you're here to get a revelation of the royal blood that is in your veins right now. Who you are already, it's a big deal. His royal masterpiece who gets to partner with him in building the only kingdom that is unshakable and forever, amen? Kingdom fortune favors royal partners. Next, fortune favors the active waiters. Holy Spirit, slow that clock down in Jesus' name. The active waiters, okay. In an Amazon Prime world, waiting's just not much of a thing anymore. Two-day delivery max. If it gets here tomorrow, even better. But three days? Get that weak sauce out of my kitchen. I don't got three days. Who's got three days? I want the product. I want the results. Want the six pack? I ate a kale salad for lunch yesterday for crying out loud. And it was so bad. It was so bad. I did 20 crunches. Where's the results? So now either Whole Foods is scamming all of us with this kale fad, which is possible, or real results take time. Come on, some addictions aren't broken in a week, some marriages don't get fixed in one month of counseling. No difference worth making happens overnight. 1 Corinthians 3, 6, Paul says this. I planted the seed, and Paul, that's great, but I love this next part. Apollos watered it. That's one of my new favorite phrases in the Bible. Apollos watered it, my new hero. 
and God has been making it grow. Watering is waiting. Watering is working. I used to get so impressed when I'd watch people take a leap of faith and start something new. And you wanna know what that, that is? It's, real, it's still cool. But the older I get, I realize anybody can start something. What impresses me is when I get to see people continue what they started. You start a, a new job every six months because you don't feel purpose yet, but have no idea the blessing that could come if you continued for five years or 10 years. After all, for fruit to grow out, roots first need to go down. Anybody can start something new. Anybody can start a family. Anybody can start Whole30 or a company. Anybody can start attending another new church. But I believe the Holy Spirit is on the look right now for Christians who have the ability and the grit to continue what they started. And I know that because Apollos watered it. Apollos watered it without seeing anything grow for years. We think in terms of weeks and months and a year tops. If I haven't seen it yet, forget this. Watered it for decades. Apollos watered it. We gotta see longer, you guys, which means at Red Rocks, we are... We're playing the long game. Like we're, this is a day by day thing. We're not in a hurry in our souls. Although we feel urgent, we're, we're playing the long game, right? Salvation happens right away, immediately. But transformation is a day by day, step by step, prayer by prayer, group by group. Great churches, I've heard it said, aren't built overnight. They're built over time, one sacrifice at a time one location at a time. We're playing the long game and we're not passively waiting, we are actively waiting because Paul planted it and Apollos watered it. And if we can just have real talk, there's something sexy about planting and there's something trendy about harvesting, but watering and waiting, it's just hard, but so critical, so critical. What good are your goals if you lack the grit to see him through. Dreams without determination, resolutions without resolve, like who cares? Who cares about my dreams if I have zero determination? Who cares what I plant if I can't water it? I'm not just, I'm not just dreaming bigger, I am learning to see longer because I'm finding out anything is possible for this God who can do exceedingly and abundantly more. If you give him enough time, God will make it grow. Give him enough time and God will make it grow. The baton is now in our hands for, this, for this, this relay race of faith through the generations that Jesus started. And it's now up to us to continue what he began 2,000 years ago. And that just requires a certain amount of good old-fashioned pre-Amazon Prime stick with itness. Perseverance, the sexiest and most underrated quality that a human being can have. Even if, by the way, those blessings are for the generations after us, fortune still favors the active waiters. I'm doing what I get to do right now because of the sacrifices and prayers of my parents and my parents' parents. And sometimes kingdom fortune is simply the joy of knowing my children and my children's children will reap what I sow and harvest what I watered for so many years. Come on, do you believe that the church of Jesus Christ is the greatest cause there is, Red Rocks? Do you believe that? then I believe you've got the grit to water and continue what Jesus started, amen? We overestimate what God could do in us and through us in a year. 
but we underestimate dramatically what he could do in you and through you in 10 if you actively waited if you found a church home and you planted yourself a career where you've okay i'm gonna i'm gonna put roots down because fruit follows that actively wait amen okay fortune favors the vessel makers number four Second Timothy 4, 6 says this, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering. In the Old Testament, by the way, they would take expensive beverages, pour a little bit out as a sacrifice, as an offering to God. And the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. This is the very last thing Paul writes to his protege, Timothy. And you can feel that in what he writes, can't you? I like sense his tone even louder than how I read his words. It's like, Timothy, this is so critical. This is so urgent, so important. Life is so short and you only get one, Timothy. So drop by drop, let yours be poured out like a drink offering. Pastor Tim Timberlake would say, kingdom fortune essentially is to live full and to die empty, which means to make my life a vessel. I'm making myself and my life a vessel because God has, has placed greatness on the inside of me, on the inside of you. He has entrusted treasure and time and talent to you. And every time you give, a little bit is poured out. And every time I preach, every time I pray, every time I encourage somebody, a little bit is poured out. The world needs what God has placed in me, and I'm not trying to take a single drop of my potential to the graveyard with me. I wanna pour everything out and live full and die empty, and my friends and family at my funeral tell stories of how I poured myself out in the way that I gave. I want my life to count, so I'm making my life a vessel, not a vault, a vessel, because if God can get it through you, then God will get it to you. Can God get money through you? Are you a vessel? Because I've found the blessing of God is kind of like a river. This is generosity. It's like a river. It flows until it's blocked. That's it. I hear that and go, well, then all I have to do is just not block it. That's it. I'm just not blocking the generosity and this blessings river of God. That's it. Heaven is for you. That's what I'm trying to say. So let it flow through you. We see his generosity everywhere in the cycles of creation. Like water is released from the ground, it heats up, it evaporates and rises, and it gathers into clouds. And when those clouds get heavy enough, something has to break. And when it does, the heavens open and rain falls. What rises will rain. We see this all through. Like this is why, if you, if you can picture the, the vessel activity here, she who, she who encourages others will probably just be the one who is just most encouraged. And he who refreshes is gonna be the one who is refreshed. You get what you give. What rises will rain. Rain for a storm every single day because there is a generosity to what is released. And that's why even, rain, even though rainforests cover 2% or less of the surface area of all land, over 50% of all plants and animals and life are there 
because there's a generosity to what's released. Whereas deserts storm hardly ever. There's a stinginess to what's released. Nothing rises, therefore nothing reigns. So my question for you is your life in terms of the blessings of God as a steward, is your life a rainforest or a desert? Do you have that abundant mindset of this God who is infinite in every way with no shortage of victories to deal out to his kids and blessings and resources to his word, not mine, lavish on you? The God who not only knows what you need, but knows what you want and the desires of your heart. Do you see him abundantly or do you have a mindset of lack which causes you just to to live to get yours? because his blessings will flow until they're blocked. I see an army of, of barrier breakers, of Christians who understand that generosity unblocks it. Like all of us have pickaxes and hammers going to all these dams that the world has established just to block the, the generosity of God that was baked into the cadence of his creation. And through what we give and through our generosity, we are breaking down the barriers. Giving, giving is what unblocks it. Generosity transforms your life from a, from a vault that stores into a vessel that stewards. That's why God said in Malachi, he said even, and he's talking specifically with finances, when it comes to your money, hold it in open hands, give it and watch, just watch that I won't open the floodgates of heaven. This isn't my opinion or idea, this is scripture, you guys. It says just try me and see what generosity unleashes over your life as you make the shift from a vault that stores to a vessel that stewards. And that's why kingdom fortune favors the vessel makers. I am making my life a vessel. My goodness, the the encouragement that I could give, the time that I could offer, the good news I could share, the checks I could write. I'm pouring them out drop by drop. I have been blessed to be a blessing. I've been given time to make the most of every moment. I've been given treasure to invest it into the only kingdom that will last forever. I want want my life to matter. I want what I build to be eternal. And watch how this just like, man, I'm actually living out this vessel thing. It's waking me up as I realize I'm not taking a drop with me to my grave one day. I'm leaving it all on the court. I'm living full and dying empty. I want my life to, I wanna do what Paul said. I wanna do what Paul did where he said, I, I, I fought the good fight and I ran my race and I finished well and I finished empty, pouring my life out as a drink offering so that I get to hear the two words that Paul has without a doubt already heard. Well done, well done. Fortune favors the vessel makers. And last but not least, fortune favors eternal investors. Let's go back to the final part of that original text that we had, verse 19. In this way, they, who's they? The kingdom bringers, the bold believers, the royal partners, the active waiters, the vessel makers, the eternal investors, will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, comma, so that right now, and that's in the Greek, they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Make your vision eternity, the greatest mutual fund there is, 
And not only will you store up treasure for then, but you'll also find that you, you seem to take hold of this life that is truly life today. Make your vision the model home. Sacrifice today for the model home. I think you'll also find you get the, the Ray-Bans thrown in somewhere along the way. Don't miss this, you guys, when it comes to what kingdom you're building. Don't get to the end of your life and realize I built a great uh, sandcastle that the next wave is gonna knock over. I'm building, no, I'm building something eternal. Here's a Bieber line, are you ready? I've got everything in life that people strive for only to ask the question, what, what are we alive for? I gained everything. I had the best sandcastle of any beach ever. Only to ask, heaven, make that your vision. I wanna be a kingdom builder by investing my treasure and I feel this so deeply because I've experienced it, but if you're in here and you just feel sort of apathetic in your faith, like maybe, or sleepy, like your soul is, has been asleep and kind of on your proverbial couch for a while. And, and, or maybe you feel you've got this sinking sensation that you are succeeding, you're climbing the ladders of success and succeeding in all, at all the things that won't matter in eternity one day. I'm telling you, the invitation at hand for you is called generosity to be a kingdom builder by investing your treasure into the only thing that will matter forever, amen? So let's bring this whole series full circle. Three weeks ago, I talked about our, our souls being asleep and, and asked the question, you ever take an afternoon nap that is so deep, you wake up so disoriented and you, you swear I just missed the school bus, except it's Saturday and you're 34. It's like, wow, that was, <laughs> that was <laughs> REM sleep, man. I don't know if I can shake this. I might as well go back to sleep and try this whole being awake thing again tomorrow, I guess. Like, and you gotta, you gotta get moving to wake up or else you're not waking up. You gotta shotgun a Red Bull, right? Not that I know anything about shotgunning carbonated beverages, but you gotta shotgun a Red Bull to get yourself going, right? <laughs> and I guess, I, I think the pandemic has made a lot of our souls sleepy. I think for a lot of us, it has domesticated our faith on the couch when your faith was made for the wild. You feel off, maybe that, maybe that's it. I wasn't made for in here. I have a calling. It's time to get out the door. I'm saying generosity, get your spirit going. I'm saying generosity, get your, your soul out the door. Come on, let's go. There's things to do. You're his royal masterpiece. You're here to be that, and we're here to, to partner with him royally and build the only kingdom that will last for, and it matters what we do. Like, let's go. Giving is like soul caffeine is what I'm trying to say. It's soul caffeine where you start to experience, oh my gosh, I'm actually living this thing. I'm putting even my treasure where my faith is and I, I boldly believe and so I'm, I am sowing generously and I can't wait to see how God makes it grow. And I'm a royal partner and I am, I am actively waiting right now and I am, 
I am, I'm a vessel maker and I'm actually pouring my life out drop by drop. This is crazy. I'm doing this thing. I am investing into an eternal kingdom that will last forever, experiencing what it feels like to have God get it through me and keep getting it to me. Like even in end of year givings like this, where we give in a way sometimes that makes us throw up a little bit in our mouths and go, I cannot believe we just did that. But that kind of wakes you up at the same time. I can't believe I'm doing this. And yet at the same time, I'm feeling something akin to kingdom fortune. I am so aware of this God who has given me my righteousness for salvation forever. And yet in the here and now, I am, I'm feeling so much purpose in my life and the fullness that comes from that. I'm not used to laying my head on my pillow at night and feeling like I'm doing something that matters. And now like, wow, this, like I could get used to this. Generosity is a, is an addiction he'll fund. And I'm finding that out firsthand. And and the joy of getting to, to play with house money and this peace that I'm just walking around with that I didn't feel before because my finances are now in his hands and not mine. And not only does he know what I need, he also knows the desires of my heart because he put them in my heart. I am telling you, you will never meet an apathetic, generous person. And you will never meet a sleepy, slumbering soul that lives a life of sacrifice. I don't know about you, I've got one life. I wanna invest it into something eternal and we're about to do that, but before we do, before we sow into what God's gonna do next, I want you to check out a video um, from what God has done with the eternal investments this year that we have already made. So watch this. Giving isn't about our circumstance, it's about our faith. Giving isn't about our circumstance, it's Jesus. And it's not about an amount, it's about our faith. Because it always takes faith. Red Rocks, we just want to say thank you. You guys have been such a huge support to us over the years. Thank you so much for your ongoing support and partnership for the work that we do in our mentoring ministry. I just want to extend a warm thank you for all of your support for our work in Asia. The Red Rocks Church, on behalf of World Relief, I want to say thank you. Thank you for your faithful partnership this past year. We're enormously grateful for your generosity and for your partnership. A big, big thank you for your generosity in helping us plant churches. Thank you so much, Red Rocks, for stepping up and helping us fill a gap and make our homes a better place for our kids. Because of you, thousands, tens of thousands of lives have been changed for eternity. Thank you, Red Rocks. Thank you for being a generous church. Your donations are what allow Red Rocks to be so generous. And Red Rocks' generosity is what has allowed us to continue to thrive in this very, very difficult nonprofit world. What you all do makes a, an amazing change, an eternal change in the lives of our children and families. Thank you to all of you for partnering with Uncharted and making a significant kingdom impact. I just wanted to thank you for all the ways in which you've already blessed us here. The impact that you're having on our mamas and our families right here in our very own community from all of us here at the Shores. Thank you so much and keep it up. You guys have absolutely blessed us in so many ways and uh, your generosity has gone not just in the three prisons that you guys are in but over 50 prisons now um, worldwide and we are just so excited for everything. We would not be able to accomplish all that we do without the support and help of all of you. We want to take this opportunity to share with you some of the work we've been able to do this year because of many of your faithful generosity. Internationally across several organizations that we partner with We've been able to give over $122,000 in disaster relief in 
the rebuilding of communities in countries like Afghanistan, Haiti, and Darfur. And as a church, through Compassion International, we sponsor over 2,300 children with help provide food, water, shelter, and education. We've been able to partner with ARC, a church planting organization, and have given $50,000 to help plant new churches nationally this year. This year alone, ARC has planted a total of 64 new churches, bringing their total number of churches planted to 994 churches in the last 20 years. Just within our own church community, we've been able to give over $274,000 in support for families in need through our benevolence program. Our church family stepped up to support our youth students by donating $50,000 in scholarships for students to attend our youth retreat this year. At this retreat, 85 teenagers gave their life to Christ. Red Rocks Worship has seen over 120 million streams of our music and over 10,000 downloads of our albums. People all around the globe are being inspired, moved, and encouraged through this worship movement that started right here in Denver. All of this is made possible because of you. Because of your sacrifice and your decision to invest in the greatest mutual fund on the planet, the local church, heaven is being made more crowded. And here at Red Rocks Church, we really do believe we're just getting started. Red Rocks Church, what God's been doing through us makes no sense. And we've never been good enough, and we've never earned it, and we've never deserved it. But one thing I can say about this church family is we've been willing. We get to now take our time, our talents, our resources, our story, our past, everything, and we bring it back to God and we go, based on everything you've done in and through my life, now I bring some of that back to you. And I say, let's go build your kingdom with it, not just mine. We've been saying it since day one. We may not be good at a whole lot of things, but we can be really good at being generous. And when we do that, we know we open up the door for God to do amazing things. We're not going to talk about being generous. We're going to be generous. Hey, will you guys stand, and if you have one of these Kingdom Builder cards somewhere around you, go ahead and grab that. If you can't find one, don't panic. Um, all of it's going to be up on the screen. Um, but uh, we get to see some crazy cool stuff here. We get front row seats to ridiculous things that God is doing. It's not normal, and I'm very humbled and, and so grateful. And people tell me a lot. They love the authenticity and vulnerability and how we get real here at Red Rocks. And I, I love that about us too. However, it's not my favorite thing. My favorite thing is our generosity. Like Sean said, we, might not, we not, might not be great at a ton of stuff, but we are willing to give and hold everything we got like this. And if this church ever goes down, it's gonna be because we just gave it all away because we thrived in generosity and even just this year since January um, all, like from what has just come in since January we've we've sent back out I think like two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars so far just like sewing back and, and giving back and that's just ridiculous to me and I, I want to say thank you to you guys it is a, a privilege to be a pastor at this church um, I am proud to call myself a red rocker and the number one reason is because we're kind of crazy when it comes to generosity and I am just, words can't do it enough. So thank you. When you're giving here, you're not giving um, to, a, to Red Rocks or to a brand. You're not giving to me or 
my wife or our team, you are giving to the kingdom of heaven, the greatest mutual fund on the entire planet, um, building the one thing that will last forever. And, and thank you. I just believe God's just getting started. So what I thought we would do in a second, because we're gonna sing the blessing, um, this amazing song that I just believe is so prophetic right now. Um, baskets will be passed if you wanted to put your offering in one of those envelopes that are around you into that, you feel free, or, or the QR code, you can zoom in on that, or the URL, it's also on this card to do it online. Um, however, whatever God speaks to you, um, I'm just grateful, that's it. And I thought we would read this statement on this card that will also be on the screen. I thought we would read it audibly out loud together because um, I've learned there's miracles in your voice and when you speak the truth of God about who he is and who he says you are over your life, you activate that truth within your life and on your life, amen? So let's read this, it'll be on the screen, just follow my lead, here we go. By giving, I am helping build the kingdom of God locally, nationally, and around the world. My giving provides a church home for thousands of people each weekend that creates an environment where people draws people into relationship with him. When I give, I am giving to and through the local church. I am choosing to partner with Red Rocks Church so together we can impact others with the love of Jesus Christ. My giving involves me in the mission of making heaven more. And then this last part, say it loud and say it proud. I am a kingdom builder. So Holy Spirit, we love you so much. Would you bless what's about to happen, what we're about to sow and take it and Jesus do what we could never do with it. Multiply it, multiply our faith, multiply our boldness, multiply our courage, multiply the grace and the peace and the joy that everybody beneath the sound of this prayer experiences because of this. Make us vessels, make us eternal partners. Help us realize the royalty that is already in our veins, Jesus. Give us the perseverance and the good old fashioned stick with itness to actively wait into water and to keep sowing, even if the blessing is for the generations that come after us and our children and their children and their children. Would your favor be upon us? We pray all of this in the powerful, beautiful, and wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Let's worship. 